Welcome to Storytime with Michael Kingswood. I am Michael Kingswood, retired naval officer, Christian, dad, and writer extraordinaire. I mostly focus on science fiction and fantasy, but I've been known to write just about everything under the sun, including the occasional romance. The purpose of this podcast is to share my stories with you, the reading slash listening public. So sit back and relax, because I'm going to tell you the story. Hey friends, it's Michael Kingswood, and it's story time. And it's Saturday, so it's time for another story Saturday thing. And today is a little special, because I'm not doing science fiction or fantasy. This is just a, a fun story that I wrote as part of my challenge. This story came out, uh, is this 14th story that I wrote for Stories for the Great Challenge, which as you can see is a huge, great big collection of stories. I wrote 52 stories in 52 weeks. I actually wrote more than that, but I put 52 in the collection because that's fitting. And uh, this is story number 14. As we're going through story set, as those of you who've been following this know, as we're going through story Saturday for this next year, we're doing every week a story from that collection this is number 14 it's a story about scuba diving i over the years have done a lot of scuba diving um i'm an advanced open water certified diver and i've dove all over the place so i've i got my actually got my license and my certification rather in boston did a little diving in florida then i got stationed in hawaii and dove all over oahu brought my scuba gear with me on deployment and dove in Guam, Saipan, uh, the Red Sea. Did I do the Gulf of Aqab? No, just the Red Sea. I've dove in the Philippines, um, <clears throat> oh, Hawaii. I already said Hawaii, and uh, a bunch of other places. Uh, I suck. How could I have forgotten the Barrier Reef? Yeah, I dove the Barrier Reef in Australia. Fun story about that. I'll tell you one of these days. It involves a girl. Of course it does. Anyway, back to it. I had a lot of fun with it. And so when a time came for um, writing this particular story, uh, the, the writing prompt for that week, for whatever reason, made me think about diving. So I wrote a scuba diving story. I think it's fun. It's not super long. So hopefully you'll enjoy it. It's written by me, read by me, and since I'm not a voice actor, but I am the author, that makes it extra cool. All right, sit back and enjoy. I'll talk to you after it's done. Harry adjusted his lips around the hard rubber clenched between his teeth and inhaled. Dry air that tasted slightly of plastic entered his lungs with the corresponding click hiss of his regulator. Deep and slow, controlled breaths. Don't draw down the tank too soon. The mantra from his scuba instructors echoed in his head as he kicked forward and down, the fins on his feet propelling him smoothly, but not effortlessly, toward the multi-hued coral reef forty feet below. Around the regulator mouthpiece, he grinned. This was his first dive as a certified open-water diver, and it was awesome. And he definitely did not want it to be over too soon. Deep and slow. The water was warm and crystal clear, allowing him to clearly see the reef and its environs and its abundance of life. Fish, large and small, of every color of the rainbow, darted around green and purple and red coral growths and anemones, and through swaying growths of seaweed, or kelp, or whatever it was called. Farther out from the reef, larger fish swam, and, 
Was that a shark? Harry's heart began to thump as he focused off to his left, saw the torpedo shape, the dorsal fin, the side-to-side movement of the long and graceful tail. Definitely a shark. He almost turned around and swam back to the boat, anchored about 30 feet behind him and 10 feet above, but then he noted the black markings at the tips of its fins, and he relaxed. A reef shark. Not dangerous. And now that he really looked at it, not all that large, either. Cool to look at, but not something to worry about. Much. He descended more quickly and began to feel the squeeze in his ears. Working his jaw, he swallowed, and both heard and felt the pressure differential relieve, but not enough. A quick squeeze of his nostrils through the flexible plastic of his mask and a puff of exhalation remedied it, though, and he was good to go. The reef was closer now. The other five members of his diving tour had already reached the bottom and were fanning out, underwater cameras clicking away as they found items of interest. One of them was floating above the others, over the reef itself. He wore a bright neon green buoyancy compensator and matching swim trunks, making Harry immediately recognize him as Sean, the dive leader. Sean moved his head left and right, and Harry assumed he was counting out the divers under his charge. When Sean paused and then did a complete circle, only stopping when he looked up to see Harry still descending toward him, Harry's suspicion was confirmed. The leader's long brown hair billowed in the water as Harry approached, and he pointed Harry's way, then raised his right hand, forefinger and thumb circling into the OK symbol, inquiring whether Harry was all right. Harry nodded and returned the OK signal, and Sean nodded and gave a thumbs up. Closer now, Harry could make out a grin on his face before he turned around to check on the others. Harry bubbled out a little laugh as he saw which pair of the others Sean was kicking over toward in particular, the two early 20s blonde and stacked Yanks. Hard to blame him for that. Harry wouldn't have mind going there himself, but right then he was more interested in other kinds of fish. He stopped kicking, but his descent continued. He was only 10 feet above the top of the reef and probably 15 feet from the sea bottom, and didn't want to damage the reef by contacting it. He needed to halt his descent. The analytical part of his mind rolled back through his diving instructions, and he decided the increased water pressure had compressed the air bubble in his BCD. That, combined with the lead weights he had clipped around his waist, was making him steadily less buoyant the further down he went. He took hold of the inflation control button on his BCD and clicked. A shot of compressed air from his primary regulator entered it, and he felt it expand against his sides and back. His descent slowed, then stopped, and he nodded in satisfaction to himself. Piece of cake, as the Yanks liked to say. The top of the reef was a wash of color and life, and it was difficult to decide which little piece of it Harry found most fascinating. There was all so much to see and look at, the dance of life captivating, that for a few minutes he didn't do anything, just watched and took it all in. And not just the sights, the sounds of the ocean reef rushed through him. The subtle sounds of the water flowing, pushed along by the fish's fins, or just the slow flow of the current. Chittering of some creature or other, scurrying along or issuing a mating call. His regulator, sending air to his lungs, and the bubbles of his exhalation. Metallic tapping as one or another of his fellow divers made a sound to draw someone else's attention, or carelessly bumped into something. It all flowed over him, and he couldn't help but just bask in it for a time. But after a bit, a single blue fish, he didn't know the species, darted past in front of him, slipping around a bit of coral that rose out from the reef proper almost like one of those cacti he'd seen pictures of from the American Southwest. Harry followed it with his eyes, then realized he was kicking slowly to follow it completely as it dashed around, moving slowly over toward the edge of the reef. The little guy was having a ton of fun, wasn't he? The fish reached the edge and darted below. Harry moved to follow. The bottom was farther down on this side of the reef than it had been on the side he'd initially approached from. He paused and moved his depth and air gauges in front of his mask. Two-thirds of his air supply was remaining, and he was at 45 feet. At that depth, he had at least another half hour to go before he reached the limit of his dive tables, 
and anyway, his air would run out first, before he had serious decompression concerns. But peering down, toward where the blue fish was still hurrying away, the bottom had to be a good 20 or 30 feet further down. Harry didn't recall how long the dive table said he could stay at that depth, and anyway, he was only rated for 60 feet. If he wanted to go deeper than that, legally, he'd need to get his advanced open water certification first. 60 feet it was, then. Harry kicked downward, following that fascinating little fish, and glanced at his depth gauge a bit more often now. He pulled up just before reaching his depth limit, and watched as the fish continued down. But then it stopped, almost as though it had its own maximum depth limitation. Or maybe it realized it was out from the protective screening of the coral atop the reef. For whatever reason, it reversed its course and began to ascend, but it kept moving away, so Harry followed it. He didn't notice that the seabed was rising along with the fish until the little blue guy rose past Harry's head, and he looked back down to see the sandy bottom just a few feet below him again. Harry blinked, then looked behind himself. From this new angle, the deeper area alongside the reef was a depression that almost looked like a semicircular crater. Weird. Harry was about to turn to continue following the blue fish when something else caught his eye. About ten feet back along the way he had been swimming, and the same below him, the reef, nearly vertical the entire way back he had come so far, broke off abruptly. What was... Harry swam away from the reef a few feet, and the new structure came more fully into view. He blinked and exhaled deeply in surprise. The reef had a fairly large gap in it down at its base, almost like a cave. Now, that was interesting. And it was only a few feet deeper. Harry glanced at his gauges again, one half of his air remaining, and he was right at 60 feet. Ah, screw it. He kicked down and forward, giving his BCD another pump of air as he went, and halted at the cave opening. And it really was a cave. About five or six feet wide and the same tall at its highest point, it led straight back into the reef. The sunlight filtering down from above illuminated only a few feet inside, but it looked like it went back a good ways. Harry had a diving light tied to the end of his left hand. He flicked his arm to bring it around and grabbed onto it, then turned it on and showed it inside. It looked like the cave, and he couldn't think of this structure as anything but widened a ways in. What kind of cool structures and critters might lurk in there? His mind immediately went to a moray eel. They tended to hang out in nooks and crannies, tubes and the like and their jaws could take your arm off, no sweat. But this was way too big a structure to be one of their homes. Harry breathed in again, deep and slow. Then he nodded to himself and kicked forward. The water seemed to cool as he passed beneath the reef's canopy and entered the cave structure, just as mind playing tricks on him, surely. But the illumination definitely faded quickly. There was no mind trick to that, and he quickly became thankful for his light. He paused for a moment in his kicking and found himself sinking again. He hit his BCD inflator, but still struck the bottom. Sand bloomed around him, and he shook his head in annoyance. Hitting the inflation valve a second time, he found himself rising again slowly. A couple quick kicks, and he was off the bottom and moving forward again. Then he emerged into the larger area past and pulled up short, surprised. It was a natural formation, obviously, but it was also almost completely round and partially illuminated from light seeping down from a small rift in the coral overhead. But aside from that rift, it was almost a solid formation above, and for a second, Harry felt like he was swimming beneath a domed rotunda somewhere. That was a silly thought, of course, but he couldn't shake it. Then a shape moved past his face, and Harry recoiled, sudden adrenaline flooding his system even as he recognized a clownfish. But from so close, it had for a second appeared much larger than it really was. He thumped up against the wall of coral behind him, and his tank made a distinctive clank from the impact. Harry shook his head. Dumb. He needed to be more careful. He'd also floated upwards a bit. He hit the air release from his BCD quickly, and a short trail of bubbles announced a smidgen of air leaving the vest. Harry began to settle, and he panned his light around. 
wasn't much to see here except an irregular shape to the left and on the other side of the area drew his attention and Harry kicked over. It was a rock. It had to be a rock, and yet he stopped before it and found himself settling into the sand. Sediment puffed up as he landed, but he paid it no heed. That rock was... It was just a little too regular to just be a rock. Images of pirates and treasure chests flashed through his mind, despite him intellectually knowing that pirates had never plied these seas. Or if they had, they were few enough that there was no record of them having done so. And even if they had, how would a chest from the days well before scuba gear have come to be down here in a natural cave inside a reef dozens of miles from anywhere? He shook his head, castigating himself for his foolishness, but he still couldn't help but reach out and take hold of either side of the rock. His gloved hands closed over purchase points, and he tugged upward, willing the cover that he was all but certain did not exist, to open. It didn't, but he did lose his grip and float upward. He hung there in the water for what felt like forever, but was really just a second or two. Then he slowly descended back to the seafloor, and more sand puffed up around him as he settled. Harry shook his head, disgust welling up within him. This was stupid, and he was an idiot. And though this cave was cool, he was done with it. Time to get out of here, and also time to start thinking about heading back up to the boat. More sand stirred up as he pushed himself back off the seabed, and he turned around. The water was filled with sand. His light reflected off the particles, thousands of them suspended in the fluid. He looked left, then right, then up, and all he could see was sand entrained in the seawater. It obscured his view completely, and he forced down a surge of annoyance. Too many times bouncing off the bottom, he'd stirred up much more sediment than he thought. And though it would eventually settle back down to the bottom, it would probably stay suspended for quite a while. No worries, though. He'd just go back the way he came. He kicked himself forward and had to twist himself around completely to avoid plowing headfirst into a wall of coral. What the? He turned around and only saw suspended sand. The rock he'd been messing with was gone. All points of reference were gone. And though he thought he'd turned around enough to get back to the entrance, clearly he hadn't. How the hell was he supposed to get out of here? He spun around and kicked forward again, but again found only a coral wall. Annoyance became fear, and he got a sinking sensation in his gut. His breathing came faster, and he realized he was beginning to burn through his air. He was sending up a near-continuous stream of bubbles so quickly was he inhaling and exhaling. Have to calm down. Stop. And figure this out. First thing. Air. He checked his gauge again, and his heart sank. Less than one quarter of the tank left. He's getting down to his reserve level, where the regulator would make the draw more difficult to warn him that his air was running out, and he needed to get to the surface ASAP. But which way was the surface? Which way was out of this cave? Harry berated himself for being a bloody idiot. Cave diving had his own qualifications associated with it. He knew that, but he had just forged on in blindly. And now... Now he's going to run out of air and drown, 65 feet beneath the surface on his first qualified dive ever. And they probably would never find his body. Blast it. It wasn't fair. He would have snarled if his regulator mouthpiece hadn't been clenched in his teeth. To hell with that. He was getting out of here. But when he tried to swim forward again, again he was stymied. Just floating sediment impeded his vision, and then a sudden stop at a wall of coral. He turned around and tried again, making his best guess as to the direction of the entrance passage. Same result. His heart was pounding in his ears, and he couldn't get enough air to fill his lungs. Every breath was an effort and came only in short gasps. As he reached the wall again, he looked down at his gauge. It was at the reserve. Damn it, this couldn't be happening. The cave wasn't all that big. He ought to be able to find the way out easily. All he needed to do was... It came to him then, and he felt like a complete moron. Reaching forward, he pressed his hand against the wall. Then he turned to the right and kicked himself slowly in that direction, being sure to keep his hand on the coral as he went. 
He tried to tell himself that each kick brought him closer to escape, the surface, and limitless air. But the back of his mind reminded him that each breath brought him one gasp closer to the last of the air in his tank. Already, it was an effort to get even an incomplete breath. His lungs were beginning to burn. He needed to stop, get a good breath, and then he could... His hand slipped off the coral. For a second, he thought he'd kick himself too far away from the wall. But no, it was the entrance passage. At last! Harry didn't hesitate. He turned into the tunnel and kicked for all he was worth, drawing on the air from his flask with all the force his diaphragm could muster as he went. The silt in the water began to lessen... And then he was out. It seemed like he shot out of the cave's mouth and he wanted to shout for joy. But then he tried to draw a deep breath, and nothing came. The look at the gauge told him everything. The tank was completely empty. Harry looked up. The surface was only 65 feet away, but it might as well have been a mile, or two. He was out of air. All he had left was what was in his lungs, and he couldn't even inflate his BC to get him up to the surface. He began kicking upward, desperately, his hands fumbling for the quick release on his weight belt. If he could just... It was off, and he felt like he was a rocket. He shot up so quickly. He began to feel a pressure inside his lungs, and his eyes widened. His training came back to him, and he forced aside the impulse to hold his breath. Exhaling for all he was worth, he prayed as he ascended that he hadn't waited too long to start. He'd heard of gas embolisms and never wanted to experience them. What had the instructors said? The way to avoid them? Exhale and go up slower than the bubbles. He forced himself to slow his ascent, even as he also forced himself to breathe out. He'd never breathed out so much before. It seemed he must be getting to the end of the air in his lungs, but still, there was more to let out. And all the while, his instincts screamed at him, No, breathe in, you idiot! and he began to feel the growing existential panic that he knew came from excessive carbon dioxide buildup in his bloodstream. He had to keep exhaling, but if he didn't get a new breath soon, Harry's entire body was shaking. He must take a breath. He must take a... He broke the surface, and the sudden feel of air on his skin and the direct sun on his face was so foreign to his experience the last several minutes that he almost didn't know how to react for a second. Then he spat the regulator out and drew in a long, deep breath of blessed, fresh, warm, and salty air. He held it for a second, then let it out explosively, and fell to coughing. There he sat, floating, held up by his BCD, for several minutes, just grateful to be breathing and to have escaped the trap of that cave. He kicked himself for an idiot, thank God for his good fortune to get out, and just generally soaked up being alive despite it all. Finally, a sound intruded on his consciousness, and he turned around in the water. He saw the dive boat, about a hundred feet away, and the other divers in his party on deck, looking anxiously in his direction. Someone was in the water, swimming toward him. From the long hair, it had to be Sean. He reached Harry's side and came to a halt next to him, treading water. He had his mask on, but not his snorkel. His expression was deeply concerned. You all right, mate, he said. Harry nodded, but couldn't bring himself to say anything. He just gestured for Sean to lead the way back to the boat. Then he kicked after him. One thing was certain. He was never going into a cave again. Okay, so that's the story. That's a very real peril, right? People who have don't have training in cave diving or other things, or are just brand new to brand new to diving, or really brand new to any endeavor at all, can get over your head pretty easily, right? So you can be careful when you're trying something new for the first time, especially something like diving, especially something like cave diving. I am not cave diving certified. I've do I have swum into grottos and things like that but never a full cave and uh i did my best in the story to illustrate part of the reason why you can get in trouble with that right it's really easy to 
lose your bearings, and then next thing you know, you're drowned. So, um, fortunately, Harry, our protagonist, got out of it. But there, I don't know any statistics on people that don't, but I'm sure there's people every year who meet with ill fates just because of you know lack of experience and or going someplace they weren't ready to. So, that nah, is what it is. Um, don't do that. <laughs> anyway, uh, I hope you like this. As I, I think it's a fun story. I may have gone a little technical in a couple of places, but yeah, whatever. It's all good. Um, yeah. If you liked it, let me know. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the notification buttons. Whether on the, if you're on the video channels or you know if you're on the audio podcast, just subscribe. Uh, shoot me an email. You can go to michaelkingsbill.com and yeah, you know, give me some feedback there, or just do it on the various uh, channels that it's on. At, when you're at michaelkingswood.com, you can sign up for my newsletter where you will get re- news about new releases and other fun things that I do. Uh, you can also become a member of the site where you throw a few bucks a month my way and I get to give you discount codes and stuff at the store and uh, little goodies every now and then I give out. But really the best part is knowing that it helps keep this writing, publishing, podcasting, YouTubing thing going in the black um, because you love me and want me to be successful. Uh <laughs> You can also go to michaelkingswood.com slash store where you can find all the books I've written, um, all the stories I've written uh, in whatever format you want, the formats that exist. Uh, not everything I have is on audiobook. You bet everything, just about everything is in both on ebook and print. Everything's in ebook. Most stuff is in print, even the individual short stories because, check it out. These, you can make these awesome little chapbooks of short stories. And they're just kind of cool little books. and So I've made a bunch of them. I'm going to make every story that's in Stories from the Day Challenge into a cool little chat book like this. But it's going to take me a little bit of time because it, the formatting... Well, the, for, the formatting of it isn't really that big of an issue. The main big issue is getting the cover squared away and, and time setting everything up and limitation on ISBN numbers that, ISBN numbers that I have purchased. But in time, all the individual short stories from the collection will be out in print. Um, and which means every short story I have will be out in print, which is nice. Um, and as I go out through the rest of this year, reading each individual short story, there will also be an audiobook. So all you can find all that stuff on michaelkingswood.com slash store. Of course, you can go to Amazon and Kobo and Barnes and & Noble and Apple Books and hundreds well, maybe not hundred, dozens of other places around the world where my stuff is foundable, and I love all those retailer places, but it's better to come straight to me. I get more money that way, we get more direct one-to-one relationship that way, and we cut out the middleman who, let's face it, sometimes these companies can be capricious, and we don't want to deal with that if we don't have to. But if you want to go to those retailers, I will not object Shed a small little tear, but no, nah, not really. Regardless, um, that's where you can find me. I actually, I'm also back on, yeah, I'm on Gab, and I'm actually back on Twitter now, at Michael Kings WD, because their naming function isn't long enough to keep my whole writer name. Darn you, 
but that's okay. Um, yeah, so, you know, reach out. We'll hook up. It'll be fun. So, yeah. Uh, so, come back next week for Story Saturday. We'll have another cool story for you. Next week's story is story number 15. It's called Work Release. And we're getting back to science fiction with this next story. It's a... I want to say Hunger Games-esque, but not really, because Hunger Games is its own thing. Whereas that, what this is, is uh, prisoners in prison. Um, part of their sentence is they have to get shipped off to a planet to you know, basically fight to the death. And only the top three who survive go on surviving. And all prisoners get this, and it's part of their sentence. And if you can get through the gauntlet and finish out your sentence, then you get freed. But, uh, you know, since everybody has to do it. Uh... So that that's the uh, this story, following a couple people who are doing going through that. So that'll be uh, next week. Meanwhile, turn in every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific, where I do my deep dive live stream. Oftentimes they're very short. Sometimes they're longer. But we love seeing all you guys showing up regardless. So that's what's going on. Uh, hey, thanks for tuning in. I love you a long time. I'll talk to you when next I see you. Until then, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Thanks for listening to Storytime with Michael Kingswood. For information on all my books, visit michaelkingswood.com or visit my web store at ssnstorytelling.com. My books are all available through all the various e-tailers, but buying direct from me nuts me the most profit. For information on new releases and other special deals in the future, sign up for my newsletter on my website. Storytime with Michael Kingswood is copyrighted Michael Kingswood. Intro and outro music is copyright Gene Paul Zogby, licensed through stockmusic.net. All rights reserved.